0: Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com, for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag hog football Chat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I have got Coach Joe Freitag, who uh, has been actually uh, a big-time contributor to our Hog Football Chat, uh, spoke at our Hog Football Chat Clinic, and is, uh, is a good coaching friend of mine. So, Coach Freitag has just finished up his fifth season as the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Monmouth College. Uh, before that, he served the same position at Benedictine University and coached two years at Augsburg College in Minnesota as the offensive line and special teams coach. Coach Freitag, I believe, started his coaching career at Coe College, where he was a, a graduate assistant earning his master's degree. Uh, before that, he was a four-year starter at Monmouth College on the offensive line. And according to his bio, he was an agile offensive tackle, so that's pretty impressive, right there, Coach. What's going on? How's
1: it going? A- agile uh, is one way of putting it. I guess. <laughs> is that
0: that's is that the nice way of putting you were undersized? Is that what that means? I
1: don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I don't. I guess so.
0: Nice. Well, it's it's a good it's a good accolade to have. I've heard worse things. So, um, you know, first question I've got for you, and and uh, you've coached a lot of really great teams and, and had some really great, great players. How, how important was the offensive line to the success of some of those, those really good teams?
1: Yeah, I think every really good team I've, I've coached, uh, definitely every championship team I've coached has had a pretty awesome offensive line. Um, so totally integral. I mean, you're talking about almost half the guys on the field all the time. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if, if you, if you figure it out and get five out of those 11 guys right and they're they're functioning at a high level you got, always got a good chance right
0: yeah absolutely I never you know that's a that's a good point right there I never really thought about it uh, along those lines you know I know a lot of times people talk about oh well you can you know it's two if two out of the five aren't good blah 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 but I've never thought that it's almost half the guys on the field so that's a that's a good point right there
1: yeah you know like everybody says the quarterback's the most important piece and I, I agree with that. The quarterback is a huge piece. That guy touches the ball every play, but um without those guys in front of him, you know, how much of a shot does does that guy have to be successful?
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first first question I've got for you, and this is kind of, you know, for for you, it's probably kinda of neat and, and kinda of cool, but how how awesome was it coming back to, to Monmouth, you know, where you were a, a player and where you kinda of, obviously were you really established yourself as, as a good football guy. But where, how how cool was it coming back to, to be the offensive coordinator there and, and be a coach there?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's been pretty special. Um, you know, I, I met my wife here. Um, I live, you know, like 200 feet away from our football stadium. So um, all, all that stuff makes it pretty cool. But then especially, you know, having played here and, you know, we played on, um, you know, we won a, the first championship. Kind of of um, the two thousands, you know, we won our first championship in two thousand five. I was a junior on that team, and um, just a lot of memories, you know. But anytime you get asked to come back to a place where you've been, and um, it's pretty cool. And and that 's obviously got a special place in in mine and my family's heart.
0: Right, that's cool. That's awesome. It's, I mean, it would be. Um... I mean, obviously, it's it's everybody likes to go back to to where they're from, and and to be able for you to be able to do it for for such a long time and have the success you've had, it's it's pretty cool. Um, you know, change, changing gears a bit, I kind of, and this is something you and I have talked about a little bit in in private, and and um, you know, how for those that don't know, Monmouth College, uh, this past season, they they you guys had a a two-year All-American uh Joe Crawl, who who the last time we saw each other right before everything shut down was actually had a, a pro day um, at Northwestern. Um, talk about kind of coaching him and, and how how that process went with, with him being scouted and, and sort of his his future as a as an offensive lineman. How how, how cool is that? Yeah,
1: well it was incredible anytime you get the the opportunity to coach somebody who's that caliber of a player. It's it's a pretty special deal. Um, You know, he could just do things that I've never had an athlete be able to do things that he could. Um, You know, like, there's one play that sticks out in particular his junior year where, like, it's just jaw-dropping. Like, he stepped backwards initially uh, on a play moving pretty much straight ahead. He steps backwards. The D-lineman gets into his chest. And then all of a sudden he just, like, drops his hips and blocks him 15 yards downfield and destroys him uh, on a touchdown run to kind of, you know, like – then that's the one that wins us the game.
0: Right. And
1: it's like – I had nothing to do with that. He actually took a bad step. <laughs> like, he was in a terrible spot, but he's just such um, a different athlete that he can just do things that you can't coach. Right. Uh, and so it, it's pretty incredible coaching him um, because he can do those things. But you know, so like the whole deal is, you know, you still try to get him as fundamentally sound as you can, and um, have him go through that process. And uh, Joe came a long ways. We rec- when we recruited him, he he was a defensive. He wanted to play defensive line, so he was a defensive tackle for a year. And so I watched him uh, every day in one on ones. You know, like zone block my guard back into the quarterback. Right, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this guy's got to play offensive line for us. And so we, we had to kind of twist his arm. Um, he wasn't entirely sure about it, but um, we talked him into it going into his sophomore year, and he ended up being a three-year starter and two-year All-American, all that stuff. Um, so it was it's it was really you know he was incredibly successful at it. And he would have been a great D lineman too, but just not at that same level. Right. Um, and then you know this year. Um, and really his junior year the the Bears local scout guy came out and um, he works kind of in, in conjunction with the Vikings guy it seems like and uh, they work Joe out and you know do the weight and measurement we and we I think we've had somebody um, get scouted by them going into their senior year every year for the past five years you know they'll come out and look at our two or three best seniors, and if we have a really good team, maybe four or five guys, and then they'll say, Hey, we're interested in this one guy, right? Um, who's got the measurables, and uh, they were a little bit worried about his weight. I think he was like, um, 293 or 294, and they say he's 6'3 and he's the tallest six foot three human being on earth because <laughs> he's like at least an inch taller than me, and I'm 6'3", so right, what the heck, but anyways, uh. So if he goes through that process. He ran well. He ran like a 5-1. Um, and they do some, some other testing and have him fill out like a fake Wonderlift type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he started to get some contact that summer from, um, you know, like agents trying to reach out to him and stuff on Instagram. So we just told him in social media and stuff. So we just told him to kind of just don't worry about any of that stuff. Um, and then we started getting contact from NFL scouts, uh, who wanted to come out and see Joe practice camp and, uh, wanted access to his film. So, you know, there's like, I don't know, a ton of guys who have access to our huddle. Now I think every NFL team has watched him. (laughs) Um, so then we're having NFL scouts out like, you know, like at least once a week, the whole way through the year. And we had teams come out and watch him multiple times, which was cool. And like, we, You know, we have Alex Tanney in the NFL. Um, He's been an NFL quarterback. He's the number two guy for the Giants now. And when he was going through the same process, nobody came in and watched him practice at all.
0: Oh, wow, really?
1: Yeah, so um, just kind of a a cool process to go through. And, um, you know, it's strange. Like, I'm sure you know, like, Tuesday afternoon getting ready for practice is a scramble. Um, Yeah. Like i i my hair is on fire, trying to get everything organized and our scripts all done and practice scheduled and all, all that stuff, and uh, you know when you have the Carolina Panthers scout in your office asking you questions about Joe's dad and mom, <laughs> like it just it's kind of an odd process to go through while trying to get everything right right uh, for your day, but you know it's, it's cool too at the same time and then you know, having those guys come out and watch individual practice and all that stuff um, is always interesting. So right. most, of, most of the guys would come out to practice and they'd watch, like, Joe stretch. And, like, he's super, uh, like, elastic, I, I would say. Like, he's super springy and, like, athletic and has great hips. So, like, when you watch him stretch, he's different than everybody else. Right. He looks like some, like a, a super athletic receiver in a, you know, three hundred and fifteen pound body. Um or three hundred and ten pound body. And like a lot, some of them as soon as they watched him stretch took off. And other guys hung out and waited through indie and other guys stayed through like inside run period and uh had a couple guys stay all the way through team and then talk to Joe afterwards. And right. Um so yeah it was an interesting process that's for sure.
0: So so I'm not sure when this will air, but this this is for for people Listening, this is actually the week of the NFL draft. So, um, I mean, what what's he hearing? Is he is he going to be a uh, one of those you know seventh round guys, or, or is he going to be a, a free agent? I mean, what's what's kind of the, the 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 word with with him right now? What's he hearing?
1: Well, we kind of think he'll be a preferred free agent. Like he'll he'll have multiple offers to go to camp. Mm-hmm. It's kind of up to his agent to kind of find out who's going to. He's an interior lineman. He played tackle for us. He's got to play center. Uh, and guard at the next level to have a shot, just because of his height. Um, and so they say he's going to be like a preferred uh signing. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's all I know. Right. The draft is over. Those guys will will figure out who they want to, you know, bring into camp. um And I, I think that's just the goal. You know, like if, if Joe can get into a camp, his football will speak for for itself. He just needs to find. Um He and his agent need to figure out what team is willing to keep an interior offensive
0: lineman right
1: practice squad and and you know, like to be honest that's probably joe seal um and you know, I hope he totally proves me wrong on making that statement, but <laughs> <laughs> it goes above and beyond, but you know if he was able to do that that'd be pretty incredible
0: yeah, well, i mean not only you know obviously it's going to be if he can last in the in the league for any amount of time it's it's great for Obviously, it's great for Monmouth, um, you know, it's great for the Midwest Conference, um, and it's just great for Division Three football in general, you know, because we, we, we as D3 athletes have that stigma that, you know, we're not good enough or big enough or strong enough or anything to, to make it in the, in the league. So if he can, if he can do that, that's, um, you know, kudos to him and, and um, just awesome for everybody involved.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, you were – it was cool running into you up at, at Northwestern at his pro day.
0: Um, yeah
1: were able to size him up versus, and I don't know if you stuck around and saw him uh I didn't I didn't yeah like just sizing him up uh Northwestern had one lineman there and then there was a guy from like South Florida I think um who was working out there and I, I didn't get the story on that but uh like watching him move versus those guys and like go through the drills and I'm I'm of course I'm biased but like I thought he moved way better than those guys
0: right um well, we I mean we you know with us being in the same conference we saw him on film all all year long and and I and I I paid attention to him just cuz you and I have have known each other for a while now so obviously when when I start when I see anybody from the Midwest conference make all American you know I I kind of take a take a look at him so I'd known of him and 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 watched him on film but yeah seeing him in person he's um uh, he's a big man for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so my next question for you is kind of a, you know, getting back towards actual football things. And, and like I said, you, you just finished up your fifth year going into your sixth year as the offensive coordinator. And, and you guys have always had really good offenses at Monmouth college in, in your time there. And um, how, how adaptable are you in in your offensive scheme and, and how much do the kind of the players you have play into that? You know, how, you know, you've had years where you've thrown for, for a ton of yards and, and, you know, you've had, this past season you guys had some struggles at quarterback and probably didn't throw for as many yards as you would hope for so how how adaptable is is your offense to kind of fit your your player
1: yeah i mean i probably should have been more adaptable this year struggles with qb but um yeah I, I think just when you you uh work with guys you got to find out like what they're good at um you know like my high school coach he always uh coach leonard at st. george griffin he's always he, he talks about get it to the man, get the ball to the man. Yep. And in space, like all, all these different things. And and he's totally right. It's, it's a, it's a player's game. Um, you know, if you either kind of have the players or you don't, and then you just got to figure out uh, what they're good at and how they can help you be better and how you can help them be more successful. Right. So uh, but yeah, we've had, you know, um, when we, we won back to back championships. We did it with two different QBs, and we had one QB who's 6'3, 210 pounds. And, um, you know, like you could run quarterback power on the goal line and he's going to score for you. And our other guy was like super squirrely and, you know, was 185 pounds and could really run. So, you know, that guy we weren't running up in the A gap, but we do some stuff on the perimeter with. Right. Right. So I, I think it all just comes down to, you know, just really knowing your personnel um and and similar up front like i've I've had teams with centers that can really pull and get out and run um and we're a shotgun team and and so to be able to snap and pull is like that's a pretty difficult deal yeah uh, and I've had guys who are really successful at it, and I've had guys who can't do it to save their lives, so you know on those teams where we can, yeah, we pull that center and get them out um on the run, but um yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, like what skill set each, each guy kind of has. That's kind of the fun, fun part of coaching is kind of figuring out those pieces and um, trying to put a, a plan around them to, to be successful.
0: Right, absolutely. I mean, play, and, I mean, like you said, play to the strengths of your players. Don't, don't, try to, don't try to force those guys into doing something they're not good at when it's not going to help your team win. I mean, play, play to their strengths and, and not their weaknesses, absolutely. So, uh, last question I've got for you, Coach, and and this is a tough one, but but you know, I, I we we kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, if you can build me a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen, and, and it can be guys you've coached or it can be guys that you just are fans <laughs> of, um, who who would you put on that that Mount Rushmore? Uh, uh, those those five guys? Oh
1: man, that's tough. Uh, that's an awesome question. Okay, so uh, I still remember when the Rams. Um, like, when I was growing up, the Rams had a training camp down at Macomb. Yep. So, I remember going to Rams training camp and seeing Orlando Pace in person. And, of course, like, he, you know, like, he didn't come out for stretch. Like, the whole team's out on the field stretching. Nor, no Orlando Pace. He comes out, like, 10 minutes into practice. Like, <laughs> and I remember, like, so I'm right at the line because that's the guy I wanted to see. I was an alignment in JFL. And uh, he walks past and, like just the the enormous size of that guy. Um, yeah. So, I, like, that's the first guy that comes to mind. Okay. Um, I think Larry Allen's got to be on there. Uh, just watching that guy run, like, there's that clip going around um, of, of them throwing a pick, and, like, he just totally hawks this guy. Oh,
0: yeah. Chases down the linebacker?
1: Yeah. It's, like, the most incredibly athletic. And it has nothing to do with really being an offensive lineman, but just You know, like, um, and he was an incredible player, too. Don't get me wrong, but just the amount of athleticism that dude had. Yeah. And then watching him play, like, man, he could, you know, it's like a little bit like, uh, Crawl was for us this year. He can just do things that other guys can't, like physically. He was so physical and athletic and
0: freaky. Um,
1: I got to put Olin Kreutz on there because,
0: you know, good, nice one. Grown up in
1: Illinois. Um, you know, Cruz was the man on that Bears team. And I, I don't think, like, as a player, he was necessarily – like, he, you know, like maybe he's top ten centers of all time. but I, Or, you know, like of that decade. Right. But I never thought, like, he was the best player. I just thought he always set the tone.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, and, like, nobody was going to mess with him. And nobody was going to mess with his teammates.
0: No. Um, he, was, he was definitely the uh, leader of that – packed for sure
1: yeah and like that you know like that and there's a reason he's so well respected now mm-hmm. um uh, as a commenter and and doing all that stuff but yeah he he was uh i just love the attitude like he always played with an edge um and that i mean that's what you want out of all your guys right like i tell my guys all the time run blocking is 90 just just being a prick uh, right. And just having the right mindset. Um, and Olin definitely had that. He embodied that. So um, I'm going to go with Kruitz up on the list. And I've got two more spots. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, Reuben Brown. That's another you, one. That-
0: you know what? You are – I kid you not. You are these – I've done a bunch of these today. You are the second Reuben Brown I've heard today. I, I And I hadn't heard it all. all – I've done a million of these and you were the second Reuben Brown in the same day. So, and that's yeah, impressive.
1: I, I think it's the era I grew up in. You yeah. Know, like, um, he had that one or two year stretch where he was just incredible. Right. Those good, with like Thomas Jones running um, or maybe it was Anthony Thomas.
0: I don't know. I think it was, um, yeah, both of them maybe.
1: Incredible string of like two seasons before he, I think he, he ended up having some injuries and moved on his career, but um. Yeah, he had two years where man, he was awesome. Right. And
0: uh, well, I'll I'll, I'll t- so I'll tell you the same story I told the coach this morning, and and I remember watching a clip from Bob Wiley taught when he was coaching for the Bears, and all, all I can remember is that he said that Reuben Brown had the like the most perfect stance for a, an offensive lineman he'd ever seen, and that's and he was a good player too, but that always stuck in my brain that he you know. You know, for those guys that don't think stance is important, stance is important. So,
1: yeah, for sure, it's it's a total, uh, it's like a coachable skill set, right? Right. Like, I, I always go back and revisit. Like, we just do the stance of getting or do the drill of getting down in our stance about week week three coming out of camp, and like, guys, my guys are all like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, your stance is different than it was two weeks ago." Come oh on. yeah. Um. Yeah, but Ruben Brown, that's, he, was, he was a dude. Um, you know, the other one is, the, the, and I can't think of his name, the guy who plays for the Colts, um, the, Qu- the guard. Quentin, Quentin Nelson? N- yeah, Quentin Nelson's got to be on there, man. Like, uh, what, a, what a game-changing draft pick for the Colts. Yeah. Like, and he's a guard. And everybody's saying that's not an impact position. You can't take him. And good for those guys. Um, right. Man, like, I like everybody said it in our office. Like, we're all like, forget anything else. The Bears should just draft this guy. Like,
0: well, I was, I mean, I'm okay with the, who they drafted that year, but yeah, I was hoping they had gotten Quentin Nelson as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't, I don't even know who they, who they end up drafting that year. That
0: was the year they took, uh, Roquan Smith. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's a pretty good pick too. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Anyways. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, my last one, um, you know, I coached against Joe Jacoby. <laughs> and so uh, I, I, I got to shake his hand, and I think it was like shaking hands with a rake. Right. Uh, so I, I'm going to go ahead and say him. He was on – he played tackle on all those really good uh, Redskin teams that ran yep. counter um, all the time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say him just because I've, I've met him, and he's a really nice guy.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. I can, I can respect that list. That's a good list. It's got, some, uh, it's got some old school and some new school in it, so that's a good list. Yeah. Okay. All right, Coach. Well, we'll get you out of here. Um, if you want to drop your uh, Twitter handle and any other information you want the listeners to know of, uh, we'll get you on your way.
1: Okay. I'm uh, at Coach Freitag, F-R-E-I-T-A-G on Twitter. Um, yep. Roll Scott.
0: All right, man. Well, thanks for uh, coming on, and, you know, hopefully we'll see you soon, and, and, and stay safe, stay healthy. Yeah,
1: you too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you soon.
0: All right. Later. See ya. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of hog football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our hog football chat series. From Twitter, on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...